Let us pray. Most merciful God, Heavenly Father, you must put the words in my mouth, or my mouth is made dumb to speak. Your word feeds hungry souls. Your word lights a path to your door. In Jesus' name we pray, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Ghost, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. I draw your attention to the text for today. It comes from the Gospel of St. Luke, the 10th chapter, beginning at the 21st verse. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent, and revealed them to the babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. A man was traveling down a road when he lost control of his vehicle. The resulting crash left this man in great condition. He was transported to a hospital where he was placed in a coma to protect him from his head injuries. Days later, he was brought out of his coma. Now awake, he had three questions for his doctor. Where am I? How did I get here? And can you heal me? Today, as Christians, we will meditate on these three questions and the profound effect that they have played in our salvation. Where am I? We that are gathered here today, by God that is, are worshiping our God in a tradition dating back to our incorporation as a Lutheran congregation in 19, uh, 1888. Gathered at the feet of the Master, the Word of God is preached and taught. Here, the mysteries of God are revealed in baptism and holy communion. These are God's gifts to his people. Christ is present among us. He declares it so in the Gospel of Matthew. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. And by name it is meant his reputation that he is the Son of the Father, the living God. We rightfully call this the house of the Lord. How did I get here? For many of you here today, your first experience in a church was like mine. You were baptized as an infant. Like the accident victim, you had to be carried here. Some believe that babies are innocent and are not in need of being baptized. King David declares by the Spirit in Psalm 51, In sin my mother conceived me. As sinners, we were enemies of a holy and righteous God, holy as set apart or cut off from, and righteous as to be without fault or blame. In baptism, we receive the Holy Spirit, 
not a force of Jehovah, but the third person of the Holy Trinity. It is he that testifies to the existence of the Father and the Son. He does not leave us, but dwells within us. We were made members of the family of God. Through the Holy Spirit, we are given a new nature, one that receives and holds the word of God in faith. As the seed of Adam, we have a sinful nature. In Romans 7, St. Paul declares by the Spirit, For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. It is this carnal nature that drives us away from God, first exhibited in the Garden of Eden. Of our own doing, we neither seek God or would know the life and death situation we find ourselves in. It is grace that is undeserved love or favor by which we are saved. This sin nature cannot be removed by the denial of its existence. It has been pronounced by our God and affirmed by the Holy Spirit. This sinful nature must be put to death so that we might be in the presence of the Father who cannot look upon sin and a man live. Can you heal me? In the story of the coma victim, he was looking only for physical healing. While there are earthly benefits to living a godly life, we are here today for spiritual healing. It is said of the church that it is a hospital for sinners. We all have a sick heart. We sin against our God daily. And only death can put a stop to this. What hope could we possibly have? We now have been gathered and enlightened for this very purpose. Our God-given faith has given us a hope, a vision of things to come in our Lord Jesus Christ. And what an utterly magnificent Savior He is. It is this vision that shows us the things that we have in common with our Savior and His disciples. Our text for today reveals that only the three persons of the Trinity fully know God from everlasting to everlasting. It is through baptism that we realize both the Father and the Son and their roles in our salvation. To the wise, the idea of God dying on the cross for the sin of man is foolishness. Yet we, his children, hold this fact in our hearts. When we receive Holy Communion, we celebrate the Last Supper at the Lord's table. It is He that serves us His very body and blood. It is not a symbol, but His very presence. When our Lord was arrested in the garden, His disciples fled. We, by our very nature, flee from judgment and death. Death is an enemy of ours. On Good Friday, He suffered the cross, 
first condemned by the Jew, then the Gentile. Yet it was a Gentile that declared him a king. Centered between two criminals, he suffered pain, thirst, and rejection. We suffer these things as well. The Jews demanded a sign to validate his sonship. Our faith is put to test by false witnesses that don't accept the word of God. They say, there is no God. Jesus was just a man, a prophet among many prophets, a member of creation. Religion is for weak-minded people, afraid of death. We look upon him adorned with a crown of thorns and stripped of his robe. Look what they have done to my master. Look what I have done to my master through my sins. Yet through all of this, he forgave the sins of the penitent criminal and he received the promise of an eternal reward. We come in repentance sorrow in our disobedience and receive the forgiveness of sins. He was shrouded in darkness for three hours. His father turned his back to him. We were shrouded in darkness until the time of our baptism when we were joined to his resurrection. He prayed the words, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Was it for the Jews? The Romans gathered there? No, it was for all mankind, for you and me. It was for all sin, past, present, and future, for which he died. With the words, it is finished. His work of redemption was complete. He then gave up the ghost. God's strength is made perfect in weakness. Jesus was laid in a borrowed tomb. His disciples had to return to their homes to observe the Sabbath. We return to our homes after the Traore services with a deep sadness, remembering his passion. After the Sabbath, the women went to anoint his body, and the men did not believe. After such great sorrow, they denied his words that on the third day he would raise himself up. And he did. The women found the stone rolled away, not for him to exit, but for all believers to look in and find it empty. No demon, no Roman posted guard could seal this tomb. It was a temporary resting place. In Jesus Christ, our tomb is a temporary resting place. We have been sealed into his life, death, and resurrection. Death has no hold on the believer. Easter is a great celebration of victory of our God. It lifts our hearts and provides balm to a wounded soul. Songs of praise flow from our mouths. 
He has risen. He has risen indeed. Heal me if you are willing, Lord. Heal me in thy great mercy. Heal me by thy grace. Amen.